Welcome to Moving Around, the film podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is, You Did This to Us. Welcome to Movie Go Around. I am Nicole Davis filling in as host this week for Brett, who could not join us. However, uh, we do have our other host and a guest this week. Uh, first, let's start to the other host, David Luzader. How are you doing? Oh, hello. Hi. I am doing great, uh, except, you know, I'm just, I'm in this wacky situation here where I have to get married by. Tuesday, let's say. I don't know. Do stakes really matter in these sorts of situations? And uh, if I don't, something mildly bad is going to happen, but not really too bad. Uh, anyway, so I had to make my assistant slash coworker slash uh, best friend, I, whatever trope we're going with this week, uh, to have to marry me. But we don't always get along. But, you know, I'm starting to develop some feelings. I think I hit them all. Is that is that everything that I needed for, I, for a plot? I think so. You have to have them fall in love with your family also. Right. That's right. Yeah, they have to be emotionally damaged in some way. But but through through getting to know me and those close to me, it fixes them. Yes. There you go. Okay, and also joining us this week to help us round out our trio is Phil Rude. Phil, thank you for Yay. being with us today. How are you doing? I am doing okay, except when I woke up this morning, I realized that I accidentally used the baby maker to uh, oh. keep myself warm last <laughs> uh -oh. night. And long story short, I am pregnant. I am, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real surprise, um, but it's a blessing, you know, just. Just, uh, sure. just one of those things, you know. Didn't mean yeah. to, but wrong blanket. But you know how are. it goes. Yeah, wrong, wrong. Yeah, you, you use one wrong blanket. <laughs> Haven't we all made that mistake in our lives? We've all been there, right? <laughs> you know, I love we are replacing because uh, Brett usually is. You know, he's bringing that youthful energy, and it's like we're. You know, when you're thinking, who's going to bring the energy the young people crave? We all think Phil. Brew. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> you went to the opposite end of the spectrum on that. <laughs> I was gonna say, David. I I think chronologically, you're still the uh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm next <laughs> next one up the line. So next week is going to be new to two. It is Brett's pick since Brett is not here. We will have future me tell you what we will be watching. Hey everybody, Brett is still a busy bee this week, so I do not know yet what we'll be watching, but I will update the show notes as soon as we find out, and I will post it to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviegoroundpodcast. Keep a watch on it. That's what we'll be watching. If you want to follow along and watch the film before we talk about it, just to let you know what we'll be talking about next episode. But this episode, we will be talking about 2009's The Proposal. An executive assistant at a major New York book publisher allows his demanding Canadian boss to treat him as her lackey in the hopes of working his way up to editor one day. When she is threatened with deportation, she convinces him to get engaged in exchange for a promotion. They have one weekend to get to know each other before an interview with INS. Can they become a convincing couple? So, The Proposal. This was a movie that I avoided uh, when it came out <laughs> and after it came out until just now. Um, 
it's my sister Mary's favorite movie, and I'm I'm gonna try to be sensitive to that. But I can't. So so kind of. I you. can't. I'm sorry, Mary. <laughs> I can't give it a pass. I, there's so many things I don't like about this movie. <laughs> so we will talk about it. It's not the worst romantic comedy I've ever seen. Uh, it is, however, uh, the feeling, the vibe I got off of it is that it's like the world's most expensive Hallmark Christmas movie. There just isn't any Christmas in it. You know, this has... Yeah, it's it's pretty close. Yeah, it's yeah. got most of the tropes. You know, businesswoman is very business and super business, business, business. No time for love, no time for relationships until she gets away to a remote area with a man who's in touch with his feelings and has a, a warm, loving family. And she learns that business might not be the only thing in the world. And maybe she wants to change her very plush and satisfying lifestyle because of the man she's met. Because, the, well, sure, that's how heteronormativity works, goddammit. So <laughs> oh, well, and, and she doesn't she doesn't learn the true meaning of Christmas. No, like you said, this no. Take place at Christmas, but she learns the the meaning of family. Yes, the meaning of family yeah. and the power of love. Uh huh. So that wonderful, wonderful family that he oh, was Lord. a part of. Yeah, I'm like, why this family? How is this family what convinces her <laughs> that she needs to open herself up? Sandra Bullock did. Um, Sandra Bullock did a movie uh, that it was. It struck me as very similar to this called yeah. uh, "While You Were Sleeping." Oh yeah, in the nineties, and it was like that's a family that I can understand you getting attached to. Yes. This was like this warm, big, dysfunctional in a fun way, uh, <laughs> Catholic family that I kind of came from something similar. Where I'm like, yeah, I get this. I get this. This family is like. Oh, he hates his dad, and he carves canoes when he gets mad at <laughs> right. him. And his grandma is super invasive, and his mom is too cheery. And I'm just like, this family is is way out there. This is not the family you go, oh, I wish I had this. Yeah, they're a mess. Right. right. Usually, like, even I'm thinking of, like, my big fat Greek wedding mm. is a family that is, like, very big yeah. personalities. And, like, people will yell at each other. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. But then, like, in the, those moments between, they are, like, super loving and warm. And they are, like, together. <laughs> and this Supportive. It's, yeah. It's like Mary Steenburgen, Craig T. Nelson. Just hang it up, guys. You, yeah. you gave it. You gave it 20 years. <laughs> exactly. They smell <laughs> like a couple gotcha. that stayed together for the sake of the kid, but now the kid is an adult, and they're just... And has been an adult for quite a while. Nice. It's, it's a it's a really odd dynamic with everybody. It's like they're staying together because it's what they're used to, not because right. they particularly I, I, love each other. <laughs> and that's what the movie feels like. It, I never got like that these two parents like love each other. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like a very cozy relationship except that Craig T. Nelson does try to do what his what will make his wife happy if she expresses that she's unhappy with him and tells him to fix it then he'll try to fix it except he doesn't know how to fix it so <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep that's that is the movie that's, that's that's the dynamic yeah it's like you know Mary Steenburgen, you need to be more specific on how you want him to fix it, because this man clearly has the emotional IQ of about 
your average jackrabbit and just doesn't know what will fix it. You know? Well, <laughs> she, you know, she, she's getting through it by going to the one exotic dancer. Oh, good heavens. Yeah. Good heavens. The island. <laughs> Uh, I guess this is the point where we, I just want, we can just skip ahead for a second to Oscar Nunez. What are you doing? What are you doing in this movie? Oh my, he must have been desperate for money (laughs) when this came as far as I know. Or he was just like, it's a a sizable part in a film. I don't get offered film roles that often. I've been working on The Office and that's great. A film with Sandra Bullock and, and Ryan Reynolds, yeah, Ryan Reynolds, and I mean, you kind of think he just has yeah. to humiliate himself constantly Ugh. with a funny accent yeah. and ridiculous behavior. Yeah, I, I definitely was like, oh boy, this is not great for the one not white <laughs> character exactly. of the main cast. Yeah, to be doing this. Yeah, I mean, I will give it to the at least the New York book publisher. Their office very diverse. People of many different colors and genders working in the office. Uh, only the white people in positions of authority, apparently, except for the... Except for Bob. Except for Bob, yeah. who they just fired. Uh, <laughs> well, he fired. should have called yeah. Frank. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, let's go back. <laughs> David, you were saying this that this was very close to the end of the theater rom-com era. What do you mean? Uh, So, I mean, rom-coms still exist, but, you know, rom-coms used to be, like, at least once a year, you know, from, like, the 80s through to the end of the, you know, the the 2000s before the 2010s started. Like, at least once a a summer, you know, a rom-com was coming out featuring people like Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds and... They would come out in theaters, do well enough to make their money back, and uh, somehow end up on our podcast years later. But it just feels like, and I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying this is like, it feels like around the time that like the Marvel Cinematic Universe started ramping up. I'm not blaming the MCU for this <laughs> at all. Uh, just like rom coms shifted away to like streaming services primarily, you know, because they they typically aren't made for a big budget in theater making movies is expensive and you're not getting your big return on theaters anymore. Uh, so it's just not a thing you see in theaters anymore. Like the last big one I could think of is crazy rich Asians, which was successful for a number of reasons that is like, it's totally different from the typical rom-com, but you don't see something like this. I know they just did one last year with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, that was like supposed oh, to be yeah. like, look, rom-coms are in theaters again, and it wasn't very good. <laughs> so it's just not a thing that gets, you know, your your mom's not going on a Saturday afternoon to go see the, the latest rom-com. They used to be the date night movie. Right. Like the married couple would go see the rom-com on their night out to the theater. Yeah. Um, to the theater. <laughs> like it's, They would dress like up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it, there has been a lot of... of talk, uh, particularly since Disney and Warner Brothers have kind of monopolized the, the multiplex, that now the mid-level movie, which is like 
dramas and you know adult dramas and rom-coms they just live on streaming now that's the platform for them mm-hmm. and so i think i think it's spot on like you- they don't make movies like this and people don't go to the theaters to watch movies like this they just live on netflix and prime and uh name your name your streaming service of choice at this point but uh yeah it is it is kind of interesting this is almost like the last gasp of of that era for sure. And uh, it, it kind of shows in this, this is sort of like the last it's, it's yeah. big cast uh, for this time. It's San, you know, Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, who was not what he is today, but he was getting mm-hmm. very well known and very big. And it's that big cast and kind of sort of the last ditch effort to make this a viable genre again, it feels like. Yeah. 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 I mean, it does feel like the pandemic kind of, forced everybody number one to stay in and watch things on streaming and i think a lot of people discovered that maybe i don't need to see dramas and romantic comedies on the big screen i guess you know it's kind of the same emotional impact watching at home and you just go to the movie theater for the spectacle movies you know the Mm -hmm. latest spider-man movie has apparently made bonkers amounts of money and uh has brought people back to the cinemas, finally, which, you know, yeah, I hope you're all vaccinated. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> this, I was super surprised to discover that this movie in particular, because it feels, to, it feels pretty tone deaf in parts. <laughs> this movie is directed by a woman, director Anne Fletcher, uh, previously directed Step Up, the original Step Up movie, and 27 Dresses. Which, while it got, you know, middling reviews, made tons of money. Mm-hmm. So they said, here, let's give you this movie, and hopefully this will also make tons of money. And the writer before this, after this adapted Crazy Rich Asians, but had written, Now You See Me Too. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they could have found a better writer for this, I think. Because there's, I think writing, uh, I think a better oh, script would have helped this yeah. movie immensely because it came up really short on the comedy end of romantic well, comedy. Yeah, and for me, for it, me, it came up really short on the emotional impact part of the the romantic part of the romantic comedy. There's also uh, he is uncredited. I'm not sure quite where this has come from, but one of the writers, uncredited writers on this, was uh, Alex Kurtzman. And Alex Kurtzman, for those that do not know, well, I mean, you probably know him. He co-wrote the script of Transformers, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. 2017's The Mummy. Uh, he's responsible for Star Trek Picard and Discovery. Uh, so not... not well, the hits keep coming, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not the greatest track record. And I'm not going to knock Picard and Discovery that hard, but that's it's a do- those are a totally different kettle of fish than this kind of movie. Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely, it is. But I, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's you know, they didn't maybe necessarily have the strongest people working on this one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because the number one question I had when I like within the first twenty minutes or so of this movie is. Are we supposed to like either of these people? Are we supposed to like Andrew or Margaret? Because neither of them has shown any hint of being likable. 
it shows that people, some people like Andrew, but we, as the viewer, never see why. Why? People like Andrew? Mm-hmm. We, we get told how great he is, but do we see that, you know? And then later on, when we meet the rest of the family, I say, are we supposed to like any of these people? Because <laughs> the only person I liked in this movie was Gertrude, the ex-girlfriend. <laughs> She was the only, like, instantly friendly, likable person. Mm-hmm. What a waste of Malin Ackerman. And I guess Mary Steenburgen is supposed to be, Betty White is supposed to be, you know, they're really shoving her at you saying, isn't she funny? Yeah. look, Isn't got, she a gas? We have an old lady saying sort of inappropriate things. Isn't that funny? Yeah. That was the last 10 years of Betty White's whole career was yes. like, uh, let's just make her say really sexual things. And we'll just kind of make her into a meme. No disrespect to Betty White. Great career ahead mm-hmm. of that. But that whole bit was, that was kind of this whole movie. It's like, we're supposed, we we kind of like Andrew because he's Ryan Reynolds. And yeah. he's good looking and, and snarky. And sarcastic, yeah. And just kind of winking at the camera, even when he's not literally winking at the camera. That's just his presence. And what he does. And it kind of coasts on that. And then it is. It's Betty White. It's Mary Steenburgen. It's Malin Ackerman. It's all these people that I love uh, just with nothing to do <laughs> throughout throughout the entirety of the movie. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> except, Well, no, nothing to do except make Margaret feel bad. Right. Because they're being so nice to her. That's true. Yeah. Or but reinforcing. We're supposed to... We're all at once, I feel like, supposed to... Feel like she deserves it because she's, you know, the office bitch uh, or been painted that way. Mm. And we're also supposed to feel empathetic towards her at the same time. So, and it like this movie never picks a direction of where we're supposed to land on any of these people. Yeah, there's a turning point in here at one point. I guess it's when she, I can't remember what she's coming in after, but she, she comes in and she overhears Andrew's parents arguing mm-hmm. about him. And then she bumps into him naked. So. <laughs> right. Right. The right. scene where the two of them are... Boy, what a weird scene. Oh, um, that is... It's super weird. Because they have not been... That is a weird scene, but I will give it credit for being, like, the best physical... Com- sure. Like, the best comedy bit in this movie. It's 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 a physical comedy that's, that's shot well and timed really well and executed really well. Like, like that's a... F- a funny and hard to pull off comedic moment. It's uncomfortable, yeah. but that's but it's so much of the comedy lies in that. And I, I can give this movie credit for a moment like that, where it's like, okay, something came together, and I wish the rest of the movie had been that well executed. If only. And I won't knock. I mean, for the roles that are given here, Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds are fine. I, I, th- I don't think mm-hmm. any other pairing would have brought anything. Else, I mean, they have good chemistry. Right. I don't think any other like pairing would have brought anything more to these characters. I think the way that they were written, they pull them off just fine. Yeah, it is just like they're not well written characters. They, yeah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds uh, <laughs> takes his shirt off, and that's supposed to endear us to, and it does. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, th- they're only. Re- real moment of connection is when she's like making like, and this, this was like weirdly like the only good part of the movies when she's telling him all these things at night of like, this is when we're supposed to start getting to know each other. Right. 
but I, just, I don't feel like that moment means anything. There's a point in this movie when I was watching it, I had to pause for like half an hour to go do something else. And I was just like, what's ha- like, what's happening? What's the plot? I mean, I, I understand <laughs> they need to get married or else she's going to get deported to Canada. This is the series of events. Oh no. That is happening. <laughs> right. like, <laughs> heaven forfend, you get deported to Canada where you get, you know, decent health care. Can I be deported to Canada next? <laughs> right. Volunteers tribute. In the weird I like that David says I, I paused for a half hour and I expected him to say to go contemplate what my podcasting oh, career gosh, has come no, to. I, I wish. <laughs> uh, still this is still not as bad as it's it's ever gotten. No. But there's also no. the I want to mention the weird immigration agent. I don't know what that character is supposed to be. Yeah. Was he supposed to be funny? Yeah. Was I he think so? supposed to just be a foil? I don't I did not get that guy at all. I thought he was supposed to be funny. I thought he was supposed to be I think the actor playing him didn't actually, you know, as hammy as it was, as exaggerated as it was, I don't think he amped it up enough mm-hmm. for it to be funny. You know, he needed to be a real gung-ho tearing through every iota of their backgrounds and having them followed mm-hmm. you know in an obvious way right and if they had like looked over and he's sitting there in a trench coat and a big hat with a newspaper it's right. like, okay i get what they're doing here right. uh, but he just like shows up <laughs> like as, as if somebody at some point in the writing was like should we remind people what they're supposed to be doing on this island we only got like 30 minutes left in the movie uh sure 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 just throw throw the immigration guy back in there uh is sitka on an island or, or, well, I mean, the little island where their house was. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess it wasn't. Hey, everybody. Editor Nicole jumping in real quick with a geographical note. Sitka, Alaska is, in fact, on an island. It's on Baranoff Island. It was settled on indigenous Tlingit lands. And the area doesn't look too far off the area where the movie was actually shot. So, just thought I'd let you know that. Um, I did. I, the only real comedic part to me like with any actual like humor to it was the over the credits yes when he is interviewing people and that you can like kind of tell is improvised uh at least it feels like it is to me like they were just yeah, like all right ask him questions and you guys just answer you're asking me a question about who's on top you took an oath when you walked in this office i did not take an oath when did i take you an should, oath? well laura should have done that but she didn't that's okay who's but- laura She's the girl behind you. Don't look around. Uh, and that was, that was to me, the funniest part of the film. It's like, why wasn't this guy playing this character the whole time? If he was like, because he's asking them such weird questions. Yeah, no, that was literally the biggest laugh I had in this movie was over the credit. I'm sorry? You knew your favorite color. Blue? Wrong. Red? No. Dark, maybe like a hunter green? No, white. Why, white? Okay, moving on. Favorite color is blue. What's her favorite color when she's not at home? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that part. Just, 
I feel cheated now because I shut this movie off as soon as it faded to black. <laughs> now I feel like I missed out on the actual comedy. You did. Yeah, you, you missed really a lot did. of the actual you, comedy. You missed, you missed where the actual humor. So we got the romance. Why did they bury the comedy in the end know. credits instead of actually uh, putting more of it into the movie? The eternal question. Yeah, it makes you wonder if that was an outtake, like if they'd had a whole much longer set of interviews and they just took out the best bits and put them in the credits. Yeah. But, yeah, I... uh, This movie misses so many opportunities. Especially when they're talking to each other at night is when they really bond. You know, it's the 1 a.m. sleepover conversation that you have. You know, like when you at least... uh, Okay, so at least in my experience, (laughs) having been a teenage girl going to slumber parties, is that's when you open up and you have these really frank conversations with each other where you make yourselves emotionally vulnerable is, you know, like one o'clock in the morning, a few people have drifted off to sleep. You're not tired yet. You're talking to people and you have these deep conversations where you're either talking about really bizarre esoteric topics, like what do you think happens after we die? Or you're (laughs) saying like, you know, I really don't feel like I'm attached to my father in any way. And it's just, it makes me sad and I don't know how to reach him. And that kind of stuff, like things like that. And there are these opportunities where he tells her at one point, he says, don't take this the wrong way, but you are a very beautiful woman. And it's just like, number one, how is she going to take that wrong? And that's an opportunity for her to reciprocate in kind and say, you know, you're not a bad looking man yourself because it's it's Ryan Reynolds, you know? Right. Yeah. You're not blind and he's right there. Yeah. You kind of feel like Ryan Reynolds knows that too. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, you have to. No, I get. No, I get what you're saying. Um, and I, I just want to piggyback on that and say that scene actually was the emotional weight yes. of this movie. I, I enjoyed yeah. that scene. I liked, and I actually made a note of. There's some good camera work here. Like they're mm-hmm. they're shooting them off center, so they look alone. And then there's that big overhead shot of them sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's like sideways, like the bed, and then he's kind of teed at the bottom. And it's like, they're connecting, but they're apart. There's like all this good subtext there. There's great shots, and there's great character moments. Mm-hmm. And for me, that just makes the rest of this movie tragic, because it's like, <laughs> this could have been this. Whenever they have a moment that I actually kind of connect with, I'm like, why is it only this moment? Why isn't it, Why couldn't you do this through the rest of the movie? Because it would have been... I'm not a huge rom-com guy, but if you watch a good rom-com where that's throughout the movie, like you go, okay, that's a good movie. I, I give it credit where credit's due. And I just feel like everything else in this movie, it, it just had these isolated scenes that were good, but then everything else was just kind of like vapid and made no sense at mm-hmm. all. Right. Mm-hmm. And you miss all these opportunities for emotional connection. Like there's that scene where they're, you know, laughing over her going to see DJ Easy Easy Rock and uh, yeah, Rob Bass. Rob Bass. And, yeah. <laughs> and um they could bond more closely there, like when she falls in the water on the boat after having this emotional upset. That would seem like a natural point. Like you've just had this very emotional reaction to feeling guilty about 
Andrew's family treating her so well and everything. And she speeds off in the boat and he's with her and then they trade and she falls out of the boat and he brings her in. And it's like, she almost died. You know, she fell in the water. Right, she she's can't like, swim. Right? She can't swim. She's hypothermic, going into hypothermia practically. And that would be a time for her to be vulnerable again and like cry and him to hold her and comfort her and mm -hmm. tell her you know, something of how he feels about her or, you know, I almost lost you. I didn't realize what you mean to me or something, you know, and then the night before the wedding, Margaret could sneak out of the room to go talk to him. They're both awake late at night, even though they're supposedly sleeping separately because it's quote unquote tradition. And, uh, you know, she could sneak out to talk to him on the couch and have this out. No, we don't do that because that doesn't serve the plot. Although it satisfy the emotional part of this movie and it's just so frustrating mm -hmm. so many missed opportunities well and he never because a key point in this movie is his relationship with with his father uh which yeah. doesn't have any sort of satisfactory resolution um no. and also like she asks him about it like pretty pointedly like earlier in that same conversation, if she had like asked that and then she does her whole thing and then he's like, you know, uh, me and my dad, like, it just goes into something about him and his dad. That's what I was waiting yeah, that's for. What, that's yeah. what they were setting up and then it didn't happen. And it was just yeah. like, okay. Another example of not learning anything about Andrew and his wants and needs. You find out he wants to be an editor. Not why. He wants why. to be a writer. Yeah, maybe. This brings me to my big question in this. <laughs> Here's Phil's ready. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sandra Bullock's character is an editor, yeah. but she's also in charge of the entire office. Mm -hmm. Executive editor. Executive editor, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Reynolds wants to be an editor, but he's also submitted a manuscript, which means he I don't think it's wants his. to be a I think he's represent he's agenting the manuscript. But, but okay, then maybe this makes sense to people oh. who work in offices and work in publishing. I misunderstood it. Okay, sorry, go on. I I don't and they didn't like your job would be to make that clear to me right. because I you know, I'm maybe this is an maybe this is a real inside industry uh <laughs> kind of romantic comedy, but uh yeah, to me I'm like everybody has two or three jobs and two or three career aspirations and they're all given equal weight. Uh, that's how it read to me. And it just, I'm like, does Andrew want to be a writer? Does he want to be an editor? What is he? They, this is such poor writing. I just, it just clicked to me. He brings her that manuscript. He's like, I've never brought you a manuscript before. I think this one is amazing. And then later, uh, cause she doesn't want to publish it later when they're having that discussion. And he's like, I want you to publish my book. He's talking about that manuscript. He's right. not talking about, I don't think it's one that he wrote. Yeah. But I, I, I assumed That's, it was I, his until manuscript. This moment, so did I. So yeah, they, they, that was a very, very poorly <laughs> written scene. Yeah. As, as someone who's had a career that has touched on editing and that sort of world, I got it right away, but only because I was in there, you know, he's championing it usually executive editors, they don't read all the submitted manuscripts. They have other people read them and summarize them and pitch them the summaries. And then maybe the executive editor will read the actual manuscript and see if they want to publish it. Mm -hmm. So Andrew's like a filter for what's coming to her desk. He's advocating for this one, but she wants to just turn it down for whatever reason. So, 
I, that part I never got why. There's there's so many things that are just like brought up and then left dropped. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. This I. <laughs> uh huh. Just ride ride that wave. Thank goodness for Sandra Bullock. She's yeah. the only thing that makes Margaret even remotely likable because of how Margaret's written. But she's taking this material and she's really giving it some hefty emotional weight. And God bless her. You know, she's working hard on it and she's charming as heck. So I don't know that any other actress could have carried this off. Mm-hmm. But, okay, like, this supposedly super high-powered, intelligent, driven woman doesn't think to plug her phone into her phone charger overnight, <laughs> wears a teddy and tap pants set to bed yeah, as that, pajamas. That, 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 that pajama set was interesting. <laughs> Nobody does that. I don't care what your job is. Nobody does that unless you're like a Playboy model staying at the Hefner Mansion. You know, you don't, no one, literally no woman does that. Um, why is she scared of the dog? We never find yeah, out that, why that. she's scared of the dog um, who gets into the shower without grabbing a towel first. Who, why does she think to use the hairdryer as a weapon to drive the dog away, but not to dry her body with? She's <laughs> got oh, that, it in see, her hand. See, that didn't, that didn't occur to me either. I was like, yeah, I get it. Use me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes so much sense now that I'm thinking about right, it. But I was like, yeah, using the hairdryer to, to shoot the dog away. Sure, I get it. Yeah, and is she really running after an eagle holding up the puppy to trade the puppy for her phone? That, that, that was that was the first time when she was like, I'll trade you for the dog. I'm like, oh, ha ha. Like, I, I, vaguely amusing. I, I yeah, I mean, it's absurd enough that you can laugh at it, but it's the tone of this movie goes back and forth. They sh- either should have pushed the absurdity more or made the romantic t- overtones more realistic. How could they have made this more absurd? Oh. The eagle starts taking her calls and, <laughs> and like setting up a. The eagle becomes her new executive assistant. And, uh, <laughs> like, that would have been pretty good. I would have liked that. <laughs> that would, better movie already. I called your assistant and he just screamed at me, you know? He just screamed. Or like she's just like sitting there and the eagle like flies back and they freak out, but there's like a note left in front of her, like for a meeting she has tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, scratched into a piece of bark yeah. with a talon. <laughs> We're writing a better movie right it dro- now. It drops off a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we got to bring this back around here. Okay, I don't know. I just, so- I'm liking this version way better. <laughs> yeah, I like this too. She marries the eagle to keep from being deported. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the eagle is, li- is an American citizen, I guess, living in Alaska. Which, by the Doesn't way, have so much family baggage. Yeah, by the way, not Alaska. Most of that was shot in uh, bearskin neck up on Cape Ann near me. Of, uh, of course, it looks it looks like know. so many. Like, it looks very New England. Yeah, it's doesn't very it? small town New England. Uh, yeah. I knew immediately. I'm like, that's not Alaska. No, Alaska. Number one, their most of their architecture is way more utilitarian because right. it has to be. Right. Yeah, this is just small mountain town. But anyway. So, uh, I'm going to go back around to Betty White. What are you doing in this racially insensitive scene? Mm-hmm. There was no getting around this topic. No, because she's supposed to be, like, I guess, she says her grandmother married a Tlingit man, right? Which is one of the indigenous tribes yeah. up in that region. Sure. And so she's one quarter Tlingit, which 
don't cast Betty White for that. Well, even you, you know, brown eyes, brown hair. Does, that's those are very dominant traits. You don't cast this blue-eyed, very very pale lady to be here. Well, even if even if that was like in her history, and like they just kind of drop it. I don't know, like mention, but like then, like to have it be this oh, part when she's dancing around in the woods, this oh. cartoonish portrayal, right? Yeah. yeah. Follow and learn. E e e a. Come on, Margaret, feel the rhythm of the drums. Now you. Me what? Chat. Chat what? Whatever comes to you, it is the way. But I don't, I don't know any chants. Well, the trees. Use your vowel. And then Sandra Bullock has to join in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not exactly the most respectful way to honor that tradition, if it's a real tradition of any kind. And, you know, it's it's kind of like doing that number in church, basically, is what she's doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, when the... Oh, the yeah. When she raps. Yeah. <laughs> it's just everything about that scene made me... Um, it made me embarrassed for the people mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Because it's just like they're, you know... I get it. You're doing a job. I get it. This is supposed to play comedically. Supposed to. Yeah, supposed to. Supposed to. Even removing the racial insensitivity or the cultural insensitivity, unless, and for all I know, this is super accurate to those traditions. I highly doubt it. (laughs) But even removing that aspect, the comedy doesn't play. Everything just falls so flat that i just was uncomfortable on several levels watching that and i'm like i can't believe this is in a movie that plays constantly on the e channel (laughs) that people watch this movie regularly and 12 years later when we very heavily call things out like that that nobody has anything to like hey this movie that's constantly playing on basic cable has some really really uncomfortable parts that maybe we should consider not showing on basic cable all that yeah, time. Betty White and her blanket dancing around the fire. Wait. <laughs> wait 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 wait. Is that why when Andrew gets upset he's making a dugout canoe because he's like one sixteenth Tlingit? Is that what that's that supposed was to be? Also, that was also never no, I don't know. That was also never like addressed in any way whatsoever. No. It was just you come back, he's hollowing out a canoe and the mom Yeah, not like he's been working on the you know, you could have added some comedy to it by being like he's been working on that since he was eleven and he only right. does it when he's mad. Right. Kind of thing, and that's why it's not done yet. He's lived in New York for years, but we've kept the canoe we've kept in the front right yard there. so yeah. so that when he comes back and gets mad at his dad, he'll have something to do. Like they just know the inevitability. Right. That- <laughs> It's like He's Andrew's coming back. Let's go ahead and get the let's get the canoe out. <laughs> it's like no, I mean obviously it's set up primarily for as a reason for him to get sweaty and need to go get naked and take a shower. Mm-hmm. But it's ah. Uh... <sighs> as, as someone who I found a great deal of uh, peace in chopping wood when I lost a sure. a couple trees, uh, I get what he was doing. I hadn't even factored in the uh, the cultural significance of the canoe. Yeah, um, I had thought maybe maybe that's just an Alaskan thing. Maybe that you know, uh, without being 
down the native alley of that. But um, no, I hadn't even considered that. I was just too blindsided with Betty White and whatever she was doing in the woods. (laughs) Yeah, there's just so many weird things. There's like the totem poles in the front yard that are all over the place. Again, Mm. sort of alluding to Betty White's supposed heritage, but also just seeming really out of place in this rich white people's Mm. uh, mansion, (laughs) their palatial estate on an island. Right, since they own half the businesses in town. Yeah. Yeah, They're Alaskan Kennedys. I like like that. (laughs) Which is, the other part of this is like this uh, fish out of water kind of tropey comedy where this rich New York woman is like so put off by like, oh, these are rural rich people. And it's like, this isn't so far removed from from where you are. It's just in a different location. Right. She's wearing spike heels to climb down a ladder to get into... Number one, wearing spike heels for plane flights. Yeah. yeah. Super uncomfortable. Don't do that. But... And he has to put... He puts his hand right on her butt to, you know, quote unquote, help her down the ladder. And he puts his hand on her butt later as well. And it's twice... Without her consent twice and those were moments i was watching and say wait we're supposed to like this guy right sort of <laughs> and here yeah. he is like copping a feel in front in front of his family both times and it's just awkward you know? mm-hmm. yeah awkward yeah and i yeah. didn't like it and it made me not like him awkward is maybe the best way to put it um, the whole movie just is yeah. awkward. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just... Uh, yeah. And she has to wear this awkward dress for her wedding? I mean... Oh, I'm, it's not a good dress. It's oh, you want to talk no. about people uh, feeling? How about Betty White, like, looking for looking, her boobs for, in the dress yeah. And, yeah. and commenting <laughs> for, like, five minutes on that? Wow, incredible. Maybe a tad uh, loose in certain areas, but otherwise... Oh, sorry. I'm a bit chesty to begin with and I happen to be knocked up when I wore this oh. <laughs> oh let's see if we can find your boobs they're in there somewhere it's <laughs> like an easter egg <laughs> I mean yeah that would be something where I would I would be happy to tell people I got felt up by Betty White but you know well, that's, sure. <laughs> it's rude for you know you've just met this woman like it's was it like two days ago? I guess this is a long weekend. They don't make that clear, but it seems like it's supposed to be a Friday to Monday. Thing. It's it's four days. They're supposed to be there. They're supposed to be there for four days. They say at one point. Okay, so this is like day. Uh, I guess it's day three. three. It's the day before they're supposed to get married because she's going to alter the dress overnight somehow, mm-hmm. which is doable. But you need more than one person. So, but she's the best. She's the best uh, seamstress in Southeast Alaska, I guess. <laughs> but that 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 is a hard type of dress to alter. I grant you, it is roughly period correct to the perch to her having worn it when she did, mm-hmm. and it was. She said it was like her mother's dress as well. Uh, so that's that's about correct. But it is incredibly unflattering oh that is not a short person dress that is not a small busted person dress does not look good on her (laughs) in the slightest no 
no, 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 no. It's supposed to be dress porn. You can tell. They shoot it like it's supposed to be this amazing creation when she does finally come down the aisle right. in the altered version. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, that's that's a big fail. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they. I don't know. It's a silly thing to get hung up. Oh on, no! I don't but. worry. I ranted for about twenty minutes. I was on a, another show recently talking about Pretty and Pink, and uh, oh, that I, horrible prom dress! Yeah. It's hideous. <laughs> the sack. Ugh. Yeah, I I had quite I had quite a bit to say about that. Oh, I, she was a fashion genius. Weren't you watching the rest of the movie? <laughs> Just accept oh, don't, it. Yeah. Don't get me don't get me started again. <laughs> Oh, I was ranting right along with you listening to that. I hate that movie so much. Yeah, I'm just I'm just yeah. saying like it's I'm I'm reliving some of those feelings. Not as bad. The dress is not as bad here, but it's Hashtag still... Team Ducky, but yeah. <laughs> this dress isn't as bad, but it's it's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh and then Oscar Nunez is the the efficient. He's the yes. you know, popping Ramon? up everywhere. Is it yeah. Ramon? Ramon, yep. Ramon. Okay. So he's like the, he's the exotic dancer. He's the, he's the caterer. Storekeep. He he's the, the caterer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's the efficient at and weddings. The exotic dancer. Don't ever forget. Oh no! I said that first. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he is the sole. <laughs> because how could I forget? He is the sole uh, dark-skinned man in this town. In the whole yeah. town. In in a yeah. town that is supposedly rich with native heritage. Yeah. Like that. That was. Because I, I come from a small it's Midwest town. It's the whitest Alaskan town and it, ever. It's, it's, su- it's super white. But when we're talking about like having totem poles and doing Native American rituals, it's like you would think there would be actual Native people integrated into into this town, in this culture, in this part of the world. Uh, and it just maybe they got offered the parts and refused. <laughs> That's what I like to think. <laughs> Once they got to the Betty White, <laughs> they read the script and they said, no, yes. no. Entirely yeah. possible. Tantu Cardinal was just like, nope, mm-mm, nope. Mm, not doing no it. Way. Not doing it. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> and why is Malin Ackerman even here? It's such a, it's so pointless. It's so pointless. Justice for Gertrude. Uh, yeah, I, Malin Ackerman's playing Gertrude, the ex-girlfriend. I guess her sole function is to tell Margaret how wonderful Andrew is. But so they they build it up like she was like the one, the you one, know? right? Mm-hmm. Like he, the he one. sees her and runs out uh, mm-hmm. to talk to her in the street. She connects with her at the uh, at the. I guess is that a strip club or just a regular bar where it's Oscar Nunez uh, dances? <laughs> but they have like their moment out there. They have the engagement part. It's just, and then she just disappears from the movie, and it, yeah, it, 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 it you, makes no sense at all. It's supposed to think like, oh, they're going to reconnect, and it's going to be that's going to like be what drives them to get together because like right. Sandra Bullock realizes like, oh wait, I'm like I love you, like. I don't want to see you with her, and then, but no, no, she's just there, and there's no chemistry. Absolutely none. It seems like there's affection, you know. Like sometimes mm-hmm. when you have an ex and you dis- you mutually decide that you're better off just friends. You know, years later, you're comfortable with each other, you're happy to see each other, but there's no spark mm-hmm. between you. That can happen, which makes sense with like a high school. They were like high school sweethearts, and it's like, right, yeah, I get that. Right. Like, um, but they almost got married. Also, why is she here? Right, <laughs> like, right. Well, she couldn't leave. She loves her town, ta- her little town, so much that she can't leave. 
or she was scared to leave. But they don't get into that because she's not allowed to have a character other than being like the sweet school teacher. And she doesn't you know? have any development. Right? Uh, it's just the, she uh, her her being in this movie reminds me of one of those movies that's cobbled together from like five different scripts. Mm-hmm. So there's all these like loose threads that never go anywhere, but they don't get cut from the movie. It just yeah. is like right. Just full of like loose ends at the end of the day. It's a movie where it's like, well, we know, okay, it's a rom com, so they'll start off not together, and then for some hilarious reason, they have to like be together. Like someone like had the premise in mind. Okay, she's gonna get deported, uh, so she has to marry him, and eventually they'll fall in love because it's a rom com. But like, it was just, and I know this is true of a lot of rom coms. Uh, This is just the most rom commy of rom. It's just so down the road. (laughs) It's just like, and then uh, stuff happens until they're together. It's just like there's some circumstances keep forcing them together. Yeah, there's just some hilarious Mm -hmm. ha ha moments uh, here and there. But yeah, it's just like there was absolutely no thought into like, what could we be saying with this movie? Or like, how could we explore these two characters? Or who are these characters? Yeah. 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 It's it's just she's going to get deported. So they have to have a fake marriage, but they'll love each other in the end. And we have an hour and a half to figure that out. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least. I, I, again, giving Sandra Bullock full credit, she really brings the emotional weight to her tragic backstory and the guilt that she feels at being with Andrew's family and they're treating her like she's a a genuine girlfriend of his that they've been together and are in love and it, they're tr- accepting her mm-hmm. and it's hard for her and th- she conveys that really well and it's just not... The same movie as the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is is one of those people who is she is the best part of bad movies. I, I don't know another yes. actor Often. who is as good as her who does as many bad movies as as she it's just sort of like when she's given something to do and she's given a really good part in a really good film, I, I think she's amazing. But she ends up in. She especially had this period of doing romantic comedies in these, these kind of just throwaway dramas where it's just sort of like she's so good in them, and these scripts are just leaving so much to be desired. Um, it, but but it, I don't know. It just kind of makes you appreciate it more when she actually lands in something like. Um, and I know some people think this doesn't age well. I really like her in Gravity uh, from. Yeah. Right around this time, I like her in uh, what's a murder by numbers, I, uh, speed of course going way back, and uh, a lot of her more recent stuff I haven't seen because I just saw so much bad Sandra Bullock stuff. Yeah, I did hear the Lost City was very entertaining, which is largely not largely the plot of this film, but it's her yet again with a younger man. Is it Channing Tatum? Channing Tatum. Tatum. Yep. Okay. Is Brad yeah. Pitt in that too. He is in that. And uh, yeah. and uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. Huh. All right. Might have seen that one. Um, but, so the the key message that I got out of this movie is that you should accept your toxic family members because... Because they're family. You might not have any family, and that's always going to be infinitely worse than having a dad who's constantly running you down and disappointed in every single thing that you do. And turning you into the INS. And turning you (laughs) into the INS. (laughs) Craig T. Nelson, what are you doing? Mr. Incredible, how far are you falling? Yeah, I I agree. That that messaging is is horrible because... 
Betty White's doing that on the plane. Promise me you'll try harder to be part of this family. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's that message of like, it's family, so you gotta like whatever. Like, they totally could have had, because there was like that moment, they had that moment when he's hitting the golf balls into the ocean. Yes. Uh, right. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he has that thing where it's like, you know, this makes me happy, dad. He's like, well, if it makes you happy, then, then like, you know, what, what do I have to say? Like, it's like, okay, the, the tension is there. They've built something, but just, it's just, it's just nothing. Again, another like thread they put in there and like, eh, it's okay. It'll be, we'll figure it out by the end of the movie. We don't need to worry about it. They don't even address it again. And he's also talking about like, oh, I have to have someone to hand my businesses down to. It's like you own every business in town. Somebody is right. running them. Like it's, I, I, I don't understand right. uh, uh, what your big hangup is. Who's your second in command while you're off here at the cabin with your family? Who's running the stuff in your absence? Hitting golf balls. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's probably it's uh, Ramon. Ramon, yeah, he must be <laughs> running everything. There you go, hand it off to Ramon. I don't know who else it could be. He runs like everything in town. <laughs> Yeah, don't I don't like that message. And once again, people, no, you don't have to accept your toxic family. You, you no, do you don't. Not. You do not. If Facebook has taught us one thing, it's that it's okay <laughs> to uh, to block your family members. Yes, it is okay to cut ties if that's what you need for your emotional well being. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, okay. So I think I think that covers everything that's in our. Show doc. Uh, does anybody have anything else that they want to bring up? Mm, no. I'm no. Like, what else is I there? Don't, don't all jump in. I, I, I wish I had more. <laughs> I wish there was more depth to to jump into. Uh, it's it's not completely devoid of comedy. There's a couple kind of charming parts, but I I also had never seen this movie in its entirety until this morning, and. Uh, mm. I I feel like I could have gone the rest of my life without watching this movie and and been just fine or maybe even better for it. Yeah, I it's one of those things where it's like I'm not mad at it. I've been mad at movies that we've watched <laughs> on here before, uh like physically angry, and this is just like yes. okay. Like I I saw it. Okay. And that's yeah. that's about where that's I land. About it. I would I would file this under watchable but disappointing. Right. Like uh, I would I would put this on in a hotel if I was flipping through in a hotel. Yeah. It's like, oh the purple I don't want to keep flipping through. I'm not really gonna pay attention to this anyway. I just want something on in the background. Sure. Something while you're looking at your phone. Exactly. You want some background noise. <laughs> so I can make fun of this with whoever I'm in this hotel room with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well that's it for the proposal. Next week, we'll put it in the show notes what next week's new to two will be. And Phil, where can people find you out out there in the world, out on the internet? Out in the world, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Phil Rude, Instagram at Phil Rude 75, or check out the podcast I do with my son, The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. Uh, wherever you get podcasts, we just wrapped up our fourth season. Uh, we're taking the summer off, and we are back with science fiction movies in the fall. Uh, but we got a good uh, back catalog of seventy plus episodes with all our extras and stuff. So uh, if we're new to you, go check us out. I guarantee we've covered a movie that you've seen or that you like. So go through the back catalog. 
All right. Sounds good. And David, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me, Davluz, D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter and Instagram. You can find me there. You can also find me angrily writing into the picture show uh, <laughs> about <laughs> Phil's opinions on Juno. Uh, I'll just file you with the rest of them. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's just me to make sure it's known. All right. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Nicole underscore Davis. Um, you can email the show at hi at mgrpodcast.com. You can follow all of our links at social.mgrpodcast.com. And we will see you next week with New to Two. <laughs>